Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart. On this fortnight's podcast, we have Sam Barkley. Now, Sam is, um, he works for our graphics team at Make and more importantly, he has set up uh, a very successful, two very successful Kickstarter campaigns. Um, he, the reason I was really interested in this is uh, I love Kickstarter. If you listen to series one, you would have heard the... Um, uh, the Thames Bath Kickstarter campaign, which I absolutely loved. And I think the idea of Kickstarter, I, I find very inspirational. And as part of the whole, um, I did a, I did a presentation at Makes Offices uh, about the podcast. And what it made me realize was the very uh, reason for it existing was to create more, as cheesy as that sounds. Uh, and to me, Kickstarter is the perfect way to do that. Um Sam's done two Kickstarter campaigns, um, which we talk about uh, in depth in this podcast. Um, so the two Kickstarter campaigns he's done uh, are both based around the same book or uh, similar versions of the book. Um, one, uh, so it's called I Wonder What It's Like to Be Dyslexic, and it's, uh, it's a gorgeous book. I mean, it's, it's all about um, the graphics involved uh, uh, and the idea of what it's like to, to read if you suffer from dyslexia. And it's been really, really well received. It's um, it's been in the Huffington Post. It's been on all sorts of kind of cool websites, and it, as I said, it is gorgeous. And um, the website reading.com, r e e d e n g dot com, is uh, is where you can find out more about the book. Um, Sam works. Uh, Sam by day, some sort of superhero. Sam by day works uh, at Make. He works for our graphics department, uh, who are amazing. That's. Uh, so I'm going to give him a little shout out. That's Tom, Xander, Emily, and Sarah. And uh, they, as another little shout out, they've just finished our number 12 annual, uh, which is brilliant. So go on the Make website and look into that because uh, they just keep up in their game every year. So they've probably got to start now to uh, beat the one this year um, for number 13. So I think what I'm going to do is this week uh, or this fortnight, I've got Sam on. Uh, and we'll be talking all about how to do a Kickstarter campaign, you know, why Kickstarter's awesome, like, um, obviously Sam uh, suffers from dyslexia, so, like, uh, why he got into, kind of, typography, and what universities went to and things. Um, it's really, really good fun, and we do just uh, go, on a, go off on a few tangents, I won't lie to you, it's quite a long podcast. It's amusing, it's entertaining, but uh, if you're expecting a very short, concise podcast about Kickstarters, uh probably just go on the internet and type it on google um this is not the place we are going to find a very short <laughs> short punchy well-edited uh uh just uh, topic um but so that's uh that's sam and then next fortnight i'm going to sit down with uh, a guy uh, called peter uh and he's done another kickstarter campaign which has also been very successful uh and He's designed a folding bike, uh, the world's lightest folding bike, no less. Um, and what's been amazing is I've kind of seen him do it, you know, 
right from the beginning to where he is now and it's brilliant so i the thing i love about the idea of create more is uh as i said create more but this idea to me is the idea that kickstarter so anyone can really do any idea you're going to sell it on kickstarter so uh, i think if you're looking uh looking for inspiration to do stuff this is totally uh, a great podcast to do that because it just kind of shows you that um you know just put mind to it and you can come up with stuff and sam's really quite got quite a lot of money uh you know not personal wealth and fortune but you know uh as we discussed in the podcast the idea of money is uh, uh a trust and investment on the part of the public to uh, is a kind of you know as a, as a great way to do a book so it's uh it's a really really cool podcast i really hope you enjoy it and uh, i'll talk more about the uh, kickstart special on the uh, other end so uh i really hope you enjoy it enjoy bye-bye <laughs> all right so i need my coat i need my coat <laughs> hang on let me grab the book let me grab the book so like I'm just going to go in with an introduction. I'm just going to say we're started now. How do you feel that for pressure? All right. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. So I'm here with Sam Barkley, who uh, well, I'm going to let you describe your book because I, I do an intro. So I'll have already explained that, the, the, you know, I'll explain from the top what this is to really lull people in and get them like, get them involved. Get away from yeah, yeah. not doing an intro. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you can do my intro for me. I might just start the podcast. With with no intro and just going straight. So you into just it. want to know the subject of the book to start with. Well, and then we'll go into it. Yeah, basically. Why don't you? Yeah. So this is all, and this isn't just about your book, but this is like a great thing about your book. I want to talk about Kickstarter as well in general. Okay. But the first part of this is going to be about the book. Okay. So what is it? It's um, obviously it's called. I wonder what it's like to be dyslexic, but for people that can't see it, um, and it gives you, it gives people an experience of what it feels like to struggle with reading, not just dyslexia, but struggle with reading, so learning languages or whatever. But it's um, it's purely typographic. So it, um, yeah, uses typographic, typographic experiments to show what it's like to struggle with reading. Yeah, because, I mean, I, you only gave this to me today, but I had a good look through it at lunch. You'll be glad. Mm-hmm. I did my research. And uh, I really, I, I, I had no idea what to expect because okay. when you said, uh, when you pitched it to me, it's like it's a... a I want to say topographical, but that's not the right word. Typographic. Typographic. There you go. I was like, okay. And I I looked through it. But what was really interesting is you you lay it out in such a way that uh, I got, I suddenly understood why typefaces are done in the way you are. Because you obviously work in our graphics department, Uh as as well as doing this fantastic book. But I've never, this is, uh, because I've never really looked into it. Like, I I guess, why why would I in my normal day-to-day find out about typography? That's the word. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for typography. Sorry, yeah, typographic typography, yeah, yeah. And uh, and this is this isn't your first book, is it? That that's the second kind of revision of that book. So this this book is more more content in it than the first one. So you oh, having that a... one, you having that one in your hand is basically uh, the first one plus a bit. Ah, okay, this is the one I get to keep for free for doing the podcast. No, no, I have to pay for it. So 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 hang on. So let's let's rewind a bit then. So so the first book you did is kind of the same, but the, this is a lot more is a lot more in depth. Or did you revise all the graphics? Or uh, well, it's, it's so the, when I did the first one, it was about two maybe a year and a half ago now. Yeah, two years ago now. So 
this one is everything I've learned from design from because when I created the first one, it was at uni. So everything I've learned uh, since then has gone into that. Um, and also other bits, just looking for it and, you know, reading it, reading the first one. So I'm going to I'm going to pretend that we don't talk every day at work and mm -hmm. you haven't explained quite a few bits because <laughs> the problem we have to people who don't listen is uh we're two people i can't walk past you without ended up chatting relentlessly about so many random things and then yeah. we both go oh, i do have work to do i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> so i feel like it's well just i should leave yeah let's yeah. let's do a podcast otherwise we won't do any work um but so the reason i got you on the podcast was one um, i'm holding your book uh mm -hmm. just up like a shield but uh one i'm fascinated by kickstarter so mm -hmm. this is the second podcast that I've did one last year about an architectural project done with Kickstarter, which is yep. the Thames Lider, which is brilliant. Yep, amazing. And uh yeah. and then really, really cool. Yeah. And then what's what's great about Make is that you and especially doing this podcast to make is I end up having conversation with people and then I had a conversation with you and you're like, oh by the way, I did a Kickstarter and I was like, I had no idea you had and then you're like, oh yeah, raised how much money for your first Kickstarter? <laughs> uh fifty five. Well, I don't like that. I don't. I find. <laughs> Come I on, it's a little bit cool. Yeah, no. It, yes, you're right. But I, I really struggle with. I, I a very modest, I guess. I don't. Okay. I, you weren't lying on a bed of money, basically. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, well, I, I send you a photo of the, the kind of throne in the in the back of the uh, van of all the books that we made. Oh, yeah, there's a set. picture in the back. Oh, yeah, of this, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that was quite funny. But I just I find it very awkward to talk about it in uh, in terms of the the, the success uh, as much as yeah. you know it is a great thing. But it, and the money side of it is kind of that's the I guess that's the one side of talking getting into the Kickstarter side of it is that it it's very very open to how much money you have made. So people know people whoever you are whatever if they find out you've done a Kickstarter they can find out instantly how much you've made. And and suddenly think, oh Christ, fifty five thousand pounds! Like, what have you spent? You must have had a massive party. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, no, like not not all of that money goes straight into like. Well, actually, a, a smaller amount of that money goes to my pocket because you've got to fulfil yeah. the, the the product that you're making. So that it, it's uh, it's kind of I guess to skip a few jumps of talking about Kickstarter. It's a very odd feeling when that money comes into your account because one, it's like. Oh my god! I've never seen that figure in my bank account before, ever in my life. <laughs> but at the same time, you suddenly think there's all that hard work from the Kickstarter campaign that I'll, well, we'll talk about, I guess, in a bit. But then it's all—it's the hard work then begins for yeah. much, much longer. And uh, yeah, but it's exciting. It's it's an incredible. But yeah, so, so once the you know the champagne and the booze and the parties <laughs> ended, you're like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, I do think that, um, yeah, I mean, I'm totally winding up about the money because I, 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 I find that fascinating no, I, about Kickstarter yeah. that that it, it is a large chunk of money, but actually every pound of that's pressure on you to to achieve exactly what you set out to do. And yeah. I think, I mean, we'll jump around wildly around the, the subject of Kickstarter because that seems to well, be... Well, the other, just before you go, I don't know where you're going, but... Um, Neither do the I. Other, the, other, <laughs> the other side of it is that there... Of what I found that is enormous amount of pressure is that with Kickstarter, and I'm not, I, I don't mean this in a bad sense that uh, in, for Kickstarter, but there is, you don't sign a contract to fulfill that order. So, you know, you as a person can 
I could just I could have just buggered off to Barbados and spent you know a good amount of time there and not fulfilled the orders. But there is that sense of pressure that you have signed a contract with yourself with those people publicly yeah. to fulfill those orders, and if you don't, then you've got a lot of explaining to do. And it's kind of like, and even if you know, even if you didn't fulfill those orders and those monies come back, you've got to have a good reason to not fill those orders because the first the first book i think i think it was i think we fulfilled i think it was something like 1300 and something people i mean the grand scheme scheme of things of population that's not that much but p- me personally one that if there was 1300 people sat in front of me it'd be well intimidated so it's kind of <laughs> and it is kind of that the only, the only barrier is the internet but weren't you just fresh out of uni and you just this is like the so most people would get a job uh, or you know, start low down yeah. uh, and then work their way up. Uh, <laughs> but you decided to just well, this is why I think it's fascinating because it, anyone getting that amount of money and that amount of orders is a big thing. But you having Kickstarter kind of, I guess, in my head, must lull you into thinking, yeah, I can do this. Oh crap! I've already got to, I've got to produce thirteen hundred books now. That's a- well, the, the, the first the first book I printed. Well, the first few, but obviously prototypes at uni because the, the book started at uni. I'll explain that story as well. But um, the first book I printed was on an A3, A3 printer at home in my bedroom, just printing out sheets, reloading it back in to print the other side. <laughs> and then you all of a sudden go, uh, you, you use, you're printing on a, a massive um, a litho printer that's, you know, as long as, as long as the studio is wide and it's kind of, it's uh, it's a big learning curve straight yeah. out of uni because you've never obviously uni you don't depending on you know various unis that, or whatever uni you're at or how much money you potentially have at uni but you never print on a printer that size no or deal with the different processes or the different kind of techniques that you have to think about to use to to finish a book. Well, I think as well that I, I had this conversation. The very first podcast I did was with Assemble Studios. They're like a fantastic architecture practice, but the way they Listen started, what did you? Uh, they did the they did a cinema in the petrol station. They kind of yeah, they yeah, were fresh yeah, out of uni. Yeah, but yeah, I always yeah, said to her yeah, that that seems like the perfect stepping stone after university is to do a live project uh, that teaches you way more than you'll ever learn by yeah. being in a big office. Yeah. And I think from what you you're just saying as well that what an amazing way to not just learn about topography but also how the publishing industry works. The whole how, process, like, yeah. everything. So yeah. well, you don't you wouldn't if you went into a job you wouldn't learn that that kind of process for if you were you would obviously you go straight to intern then junior but you probably wouldn't you, you I guess it depends on what studio you're working on what projects you you work on but to actually go on press that early on I know I don't know if it is quite rare because I guess you know you know learning curve, but to have your own project and fulfill like yeah. and to fulfill it all the way through is very rare as in as you know basically straight out of uni. Um, I think it's amazing because well okay let's let's go back to see so you started a Kickstarter campaign, but you know uh, uh, when you put something on Facebook or something you get a few likes. Oh, that's cool. I've got a few more friends. All right, yeah. cool. But it must be so exciting putting something on Kickstarter and watching. People, yeah. You know, the money go up. This isn't just like a like, you know, just like a, yeah, yeah, I'll just click like. This is like actual people's money, which is a whole separate thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you're getting money out of people's pockets. So you, you had to, what, do videos and set up a website? And- well, yeah, that was, uh, we, so I guess, I don't know if it helps to explain. Yeah. Like, I want to explain how the book came about first. We'll we do this bit for, um, after, you know, deciding to go on Kickstarter, Luckily, had a lot of help from my brother, but that 
at first I didn't realize how much hard work it was. And there was, you know, you have to you have to come up with the story and, um, f you know, the whole worded story of... Oh, on Kickstarter is like a... Yeah, yeah, of why, why, why this book exists, why people want it, well, why, yeah, why people need it, who it's for, and, you know, the, the various different avenues of who it can be for and why. And just kind of deciphering that is is in, is enough for its own. Even just working, you know, shooting the book itself, not shooting it, literally, photo. Yeah. Um, um, and sorting all that. And, yeah, and then the video and then organising press and stuff, contacts, it's... Yeah. You became your own little company, basically. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the thing that baffles me is when I was listening to your other podcast of the, the Thames uh, Bath... That that's on a whole nother scale to me, but I could you know there's there's other people involved as well. But yeah, some of them you look and then you think I don't understand how you can organise all that. That's a lot. You say that, but I I mean doing a model and renders and three D stuff is is having looked through this book and seen how much complication and you know how much information there is in there. I would imagine that it's very similar levels. It's just different scales, right? Yeah, but, I suppose it's just you don't under you. you you, when you don't understand something, it seems like a bigger task. Than that, Did you at any point think, I don't know if I can do this? Or were you, because was the book kind of done before you even started the Kickstarter? Or was it, was the Kickstarter was just a way to publish the book? Or did Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, fine. So enough. the book, uh, the book was designed at uni. We talked about this, but yeah. fair. So the book came about from a brief at university. Um, well, sorry, we're given, it was a competition brief and we're given, I think it was, I think it's six briefs every which, which year. Which university is this? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Good old And actually, going back, I was meant to say, going back to the Facebook thing of the whole likes thing, that it's it's uh, one, uh, one big time when I was actually, uh, it made me realise how brilliant Portsmouth is because obviously it's, it's I don't know if you know, it's, um, it is an island, but um, that, that's kind of irrelevant, but the what made me realize the good sense of community there is um and all like you know the friends and stuff that i have there is i never had that many amount of likes as soon as kickstarter launched it was just ridiculous and i never even expected it <laughs> awesome. just kept shooting up and it's people are sharing this like putting it it's like whoa it's only me <laughs> i'm doing this for it's me <laughs> but um yeah it's mad but um yeah, i think people want to support you but going putting yourself out there i think people like yeah. you don't realize that you get scared and then you put it out there and people like really supportive you're like oh i, I don't know why i thought yeah, people wouldn't be supportive yeah yeah i guess but you were gonna you were explaining how the book brave book started and at portsmouth oh, yeah. university as a competition yeah. so um there's a, a society called international uh, society of typographic design um Say that again. International Society of Typographic Design. Typographic Design. ISTD. IST. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good organisation, though, because they, uh, or society, because they create awareness for students or help uh, students understand the macro, micro, very finer details and the beauty of typography and why it's so important and um, helping students to learn the, the finer details of it because it's a huge subject and and when you when you think about it in terms of you know it's part of oh, it's going off a little bit but language and how long how long we've taken de to develop this um this tool of type and typography from just making marks on a wall it's um it's pretty amazing when if you'd see 
you get, it came to this earth first, like for the first time ever, and you saw this O curved in such a way. You think, what the hell? What is all of this? And all these different like symbols. It looks mad. If you look at it like, well, that on the cover. Yeah. When you start to take away that you don't recognize it as a letter, it looks absolutely crazy. And when you, like, if you try and look at an A and not looking at it as an A, it looks mental. Yeah. But, um, and I like, I like the front cover. I, sh- I should describe the front cover is, it, it's just, what, it says, uh, well, well, you take some photo. Oh, yeah, I'll take some photos. I'll put that on the front cover of the podcast. There you go. You can do oh, thanks. <laughs> but I like the fact is it written, it's like half letters, isn't it? But yeah. your, your mind can still decipher what it says, even though, as you just said, what a random yeah. looking at it. Like, well, that's uh, a typeface done by a guy called Philip Baines. Who actually worked, I think he, I can't remember what uni he works at. No. I've got him. So you're doing the competition? Yeah, sorry. I'm ISTD. And they, they give they give a few briefs out to um, different universities. And, well, any any university can can do, uh, can do take part in the kind of competition, but it's graded. It's not like there's a winner, first, second, third. So it's graded. And um, and the, 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 the briefs are quite a challenge because they're very open-ended. And I ended up choosing a brief called Book Still. Um, and you had to explain the idea of a book. Well, you had to... Um, you had to kind of use the book as a tool to kind of explain it a little bit and how we see it and the form of the book, whether it's printed or digital. Um, I think I'm explaining that right. And I kind of liked the... Well, yeah, yeah, you had to explore the form of the book. Mm. Um, that's a better way of explaining it. Um, and... I decided to look at uh, how we read with typography because obviously it's in conjunction, but it's two kind of different different things because how we read and how we see type, they're almost two different dire- uh, like directions of fields of mm. things, but we understand them so close together, but actually they're quite a, two separate fields. Um, well, that, I, I sorry, because in, in the book, the thing I liked is it's the first time I've really thought about the spacing yeah. Because uh, I use InDesign all the time and I know what I I, th- I I like the look of. Yeah. And I think that looks good. I don't know if I think it looks good or I I've, I know that that's what things I like I'm repeating. But I don't know why the spacings or the gaps and the gaps between the letters make a huge difference. Everything being caps lock make a huge difference. It's a really interesting kind of way to, you know, like, it's, it is draining to read a paragraph of caps caps lock text massively so yeah it wasn't until yeah. I looked through your book and yeah. it's like yeah fair enough <laughs> and then when the, when the letters are incredibly closely spaced together mm. I mean that's an exaggeration as well but it's kind of it's it kind of showed like you wouldn't believe how many things based on dyslexia that I've seen that the typography isn't considered when the dyslexic person that's the very thing that they struggle with so surely if the type is set wrong there's another barrier there that it isn't like just a like a paragraph set justified there's no you know Justifi- so that's when the paragraph looks square isn't it the, the, yeah, yeah, every yeah. space between the word fills the width of whatever box you're putting yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. just the amount of stuff done like that based around this like, on, on the subject of dyslexia kills me like I, do you read that and go oh the irony I don't even read it I don't <laughs> yeah. just get angry no. <laughs> even if I don't read even if I need to yeah, put it aside no no so, I don't do that so then because uh, I, I, I know where the story goes and I like I like the ending which is uh Go back to the competition. So you, you see, you submitted. Was it? It was a version of this book. That, or it was this book, not this one, but the, the, the first, first one. The first one, yeah. So that. Uh, so then, after you know, 
countless bits of development and and God knows what and wrestling with because at, at the time I explained to you this before but at the time if um, everyone at uni was kind of redesigning a, uh, a book that they already knew or loved and um, expressing that in a way through typography um, and I kind of didn't really want to take a book that already existed I wanted to I almost sort of mould my own way into a book which is kind of daunting as well because you have to produce certain content and there's a word count. I think I think you have to have something like 3,000 words in the book. Um, so to produce that, as well as being dyslexic, it was, as well as having a dissertation as well, it's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> so then at the same time, I was jumping between the idea of whether of, to redesign the book, The Prestige, from the film, the same book film, um, which is a very, very good book. Mm. Oh, I haven't read the book. I was about to say the film, but I'm not. And the book, if you haven't read the book, you should read the book. It's really, really, really good. Because then it's one time when the book, you know, you have a film and the book and the the, the film ruins the book. And mm. They don't, because it's two different stories. It's almost that Christopher Nolan has taken a part of the book and expressed it in a different sort of way, but the same sort of story. That's I can't great. explain it until you've read it. You, you will, and everyone listening to this podcast will have to read it. But it's have good. to. Have to. have to read have it. To. It's an order. Yeah. You've heard it here. Go on. Off you go. Go on. Um, so, yeah, and then I was struggling. I was battling with the how you read with typography idea. Like, I couldn't find a path for it to fit and it to all work. So it was kind of taking the, the what I could see was the easier option of redesigning the, the prestige. And, and it wasn't until me and a friend of mine who will hopefully listen to this at some point when I tell him that um, he, me and him went to, um, just went to the pub one night because I was stressing out about it and sat down and just had a couple of beers and a pizza and I took took time away from work, which I kind of find that you know, sometimes you get buried in work at uni and you think it's all about work, but actually it is quite important to take them breaks just to, mm. just to do it. Well, I guess life in general isn't with work. Um but yeah, then he he kind of said to me that I was actually being ridiculous in leaving that idea just because it's a headache. Was you know the, it's uh, it's kind of stupid to neglect it and leave it just because it got just because it's got hard. It doesn't mean that it's not working. Yeah. So then went home for the week hours Thursday. You know, but we had to submit on the Tuesday to uni to, for the lecturers decide whether we'd submit to the competition. So it's like a midway point. Mm. So I, I just realised I'm going to stop doing that because that's probably booming through the <laughs> mic as well. Um, uh, see, I went home on the Thursday and didn't come back until the Tuesday, like seven in the morning till three in the morning, working my socks off just to make one prototype of this book. Yeah. So I knew I kind of suddenly found the path of it fitting in with dyslexia as well with typography and how we read. Um, there is nothing more satisfying than finding that eureka moment. You're oh like, my god! I've got yeah. it! Yeah, <laughs> got it! <laughs> Get up on top of it. Yes. Um, but yeah. So, um, can I can yeah. I ask with your tutors when you showed the book? Mm-hmm. Were they like uh, when they? Because I would imagine that some of the tutors weren't dyslexic. Were they looking at it and going? You're making words up here, aren't you? And you're like, yeah, no, that I, look, I'm dyslexic, and that's how I read it. And they're like, yeah, but yeah, but is it? You're like, yeah. isn't is your decision right, or did you? Were there other dyslexic people you showed it to, and they're like, does this make sense to you? Or well, that's it's kind of that's that was the eureka moment because I found a uh, 
a tool that's um, like a phonetic tool, but it's kind of it's it's a simplified phonetics. So it's not got all the like the glyphs and stuff in it. It's more simplified. And true spell. True spell. That yeah, was it. That's yeah, the word I was yeah. looking for. Yeah. So um, and it is actually an American phonetic. It's done in the American accent. So the spellings. If you read it true to how you would, how the letters are, yeah, you would almost, and you read it out loud, you would it would potentially give you an an American twang, um, which is quite funny because if you read it out yeah, loud, yeah. as in you, yeah, but um, what I like is that you you were in the book, you explain exactly what we're talking about here, and you were explaining like when you're reading true sense, that's more what it's like for someone with dyslexia reading normal text. Cause, and yeah. I was forcing myself to read every word slowly. <laughs> and like I was like mouthing the words going, what does, oh, that's what that means. Okay. What but that's that? exactly, yeah. but in, in, you know, when, when text isn't edited in that way, that's what it's kind of like for someone with dyslexia. But at the same time, I'd like to point out that the, I don't claim in any way, shape or form that this book is exactly what it's like to have dyslexia because it's impossible because <laughs> yeah. everyone is completely different. Every every person with dyslexia has different variables or different things. So it's it's kind of impossible to to explain what someone has, what, what it's like to have dyslexia. So, um, yeah, it's just an interpretation of maybe a vast or a small or mm-hmm. whatever amount of dyslexic people of what it's like or even also people that do struggle with reading so people coming from a different country learning um, learning English for the first time and um, that eureka moment as well going back to the uni was, um, was when I found True Spell and I suddenly thought that actually some of these words are exactly how I spelt them when I was in like junior school and it kind of suddenly twigged and that like and then that's when the whole dyslexia thing really crept its way in um and the hard work began as well, actually. <laughs> and it's, I've never been happy since. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I, I've got to. I've got a lot of. Uh, I've got to thank um, a lot to the, the lecturers at at Portsmouth Uni, especially a, a guy that's left now, but Alex uh, Tibbis. He um, he was a tremendous help with the book, actually. Had did. Um... I guess what, I don't know how to tread around when saying things about dyslexia, but did, did go for it with graphics and stuff? Did you find that it was easier to present stuff than write stuff? So you your your way to express stuff and explain stuff was through like I don't want to say colors and shapes, but if like presenting the visuals, stuff, the visuals, yeah, because yeah, I this book is gorgeous to look at, but like. Did were you good at the graphics before this book? Good at the graphics. Good at the graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't generalise that in a word. So you know what I mean. When you yeah, started yeah, uni, yeah. did you find that it was easy to do graphics? Uh, I shouldn't say graphics. You know what I mean. Actually, I w- looking back at some of my work I, when I went into the degree, I was terrible. I actually did not have a clue because graphic design is such an odd. It's a mishmash of so many different subjects that is n- not really its own subject mm. because there's science, philosophy, psychology, um, maths, um, well, art, obviously, um, and so many more others that I'm that are probably obvious that I'm kind of forgetting of. Uh, well, language as well, like English, and you know, the kind of thing. And then it's it's quite a it's quite a tool to to understand if you know it is there's a lot to it and then it's um yeah and at the at the start of uni i would admit going back looking at someone work it's like Gee, what are you doing <laughs> but it, i mean you can say that for 
I think a lot of people may say that when they started uni, if they didn't really have an interest in it, well, not not like knew that that was their career path, mm. then um, yeah, it does take some time to actually understand it. Um, but yeah. So then, so so you did the book. I should tell you what's funny when I before I started uh, university, uh, I was a plumber for six years, and I also uh, when I, when I decided that plumbing wasn't for me. Um, I actually wanted to study architecture, which is uh, kind of funny. Study well, working in uh, an architecture practice now as a graphic designer. Well, that's interesting because when I started <laughs> architecture, I wanted to be a graphics designer. No, you didn't. Yeah, no, I love I love presenting stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, Everyone always winds me up that like there's uh, there's very little content, but high <laughs> it's well presented. But there's not. I spent more time presenting oh, okay. it than I ever did. Yeah. So any of my friends listen to will be giggling because they they called it putting jam on it. They were like, oh, someone right, yeah. would have we would have. We'd work together, we'd do the same document, yeah. but I would spend ages presenting it yeah. and I would get a better mark than them and it would drive them mad. But I I just, I find graphics amazing, but I genuinely don't know why or why I like the things. And it was nice reading your book, mm-hmm. like going to, kind of going through it. And yeah, I, I do, I'd never really thought about it. If you think of how many different typefaces you see on any given day, on any given website, you know, like I read Wired all the time mm-hmm. and I, I was going to, I was going to ask you, because uh, we've got a bit of time. I, I like to meander through these podcasts. Uh, but do you not think this is a great time to be a graphic designer? It, there seems to be an explosion of apps on phones, which people, especially kind of, I think Apple apps seem to just be gorgeous to look at. And yeah. websites now are gorgeous to look at. And I don't know, like people's tolerance for like what is a good website now yeah, is does, so high. There does seem to be, there does seem to be like a... Um, there does seem to be more awareness, but they, you know, I didn't live in a time when, well, you know, we only live in this time now, don't we? So I don't Many know if it was ago. any, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it was any different. Um, and I could say yes, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because um, you, because, okay, so for example. But it is more, like you're, like you're, you're right, I know what you're saying. It's, um, it is more, it is becoming more and more predominant because of, uh, well, you know, like phones and mm. screens and stuff, and obviously, you know, um, the and whole one of the whole big reasons for uh, that Steve Jobs put into computers was typography and type, and that's you know, yeah, what there was one of his paths to get to where he was that is studying typography and because also with like four K displays and phones, computer screens and stuff, like the quality that you can see stuff in is just yeah. it's like it well, it's better than print now, isn't it? But oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely better than print. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely insane. How a screen, the type is clearer than you'll yeah. ever be able to physically print something. Yeah, but then it is almost quite nice because it's oh here we go um it's go kinda, on i know you want to say <laughs> it kind of so, like it almost softens the edges a little bit to and it sits sometimes sits a little bit better in the in the space it's in rather than having i don't know whether this is getting like uh like a personal opinion or not i don't i haven't really probably but looked into it but for me when you print something it kind of the ink bleeds into the page and you get that a little bit of fuzz not that you'll notice it but it mm. sits into the page a little bit more so when you're reading it's a little it's kind of softer but with a screen it's so crisp mm. that you almost have to get the contrast between the, the background and the, the type for it to kind of balance right for you to be able to read it yeah clearly. but um yeah i mean I, no i totally uh, agree I, I think as well that it'd be an interesting study yeah i mean 
the well, thing that I like not for some yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting for who because no, <laughs> yeah. uh, we just uh, well I say we you guys have just issued our make annual hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> and, which is brilliant and uh, what, what I love about it and I always am surprised is the difference those that, two are amazing as well by the way really really and they'll be listening to this go on you name drop go on you can name drop <laughs> well Kirsty and Tom yeah, there you that's go. really brilliant yeah, it's great to work with them too and then uh, it, it's the quality of paper and the print I'm always blown away by like because in the annual different pages have different like paper feel and it does yeah the dividers and the yeah. cover and um, the main bulk of it because it, it genuinely makes a difference but it's not something you know you just print stuff out right yeah, yeah here we go <laughs> yeah but I mean yeah I just because I, I obviously go to your desk quite a lot and it's the, the the kind of all those paper samples you have you know that amazing booklet that I always want to steal off your desk yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it always has that like, chunky every, thing yeah. yeah it's wicked just yeah. Just, just from like a paper feel, which is something you kind of lose when you don't print something. I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, it can become. It's one of those things that can become a bit of a gimmick, but if you use it in a right way, then it, it never is. I mean, sometimes gimmicky things are quite nice, and paper is. But some sometimes the thing you can be quite gimmicky with a little bit and almost get away with it. But at the same time, it has a purpose because. You have to you have to not only think about the thing you're designing, but how is this going to look on a piece of paper? I mean, it, you know, some things might might not look quite right on a bright white piece of paper because this, that, and the other. But um, some things might not look good on a book white, which is like an off white. Um, yeah, I was going to say because I notice because um, you guys because we're in a new office, I should say, it makes office a relatively new. It's like a year old probably now, but. Uh, I noticed Tom uh, and, and the team are kind of, they're always printing stuff at the right size, you know, to get a feel of what it would look like. So the whole office every now and again is just covered in these random different text fonts and sizes of stuff. You know, what does it look like from the back of the office? Wasn't it like did, you said, did you ever see when we were trying to decide the type size? Yeah. <sighs> that, yeah. Was a, that was a day. <laughs> a day. <laughs> between, and the funny thing was, I don't know if you ever, so it was between... Uh, seven and eight, no, seven and nine, I think it was. But it, we were looking, we got it down to between 0.2 of a type size because <laughs> what the two different typefaces that we 0.2 of a typeface. Yeah. And when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but it mattered. It mattered to us, and it, it and it should do to to everyone, and it does to a lot of one. Yeah, hundred. But that's you know, the thing because uh, I it was, makes a difference. It does make a huge difference, and uh, it's that level of attention that it, I think elevates it above. And I, I what? But this is a type of. I mean, you know, we're having a like this pub like chat. But I know who to talk about it when when I'm actually in a pub. If you if I talk to this about certain mates, literally, like I'm kicked out the door. You just like. <laughs> it's, Oh yeah, the bottom bit of the A. It's like, oh god. It's like when uh, when I'm with my friend Tom and I'm with uh, my wife Beck and we start talking about architecture. She's like, oh Bored. Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> but also, what's you can't point, help it. Like, yeah, you know what you're saying, getting down to like point two of a type font or whatever, and like no one but you, your size. <laughs> Don't judge me with my bad lingo, and uh, you know no one can notice. It's like you know when we were choosing the color of grey for for like the plant on Broadgate, and I had two samples. And like Bex, my wife saw me and she was like, they're exactly the same. I was like, they're not. They're totally different. <laughs> she was like, Ben, they're exactly the same. <laughs> it's like no one no one cares, Ben. Just just use the like, Bigger scale. You might <laughs> notice the difference. And if you chose the wrong one, then. But we've digressed again. So yeah. we'll, I'll br- bring it back. So you've just finished your book. I couldn't even remember where we were. Yeah. You finished your book. Yeah. And you were just about to tell me how well it was received. Oh, yeah. So there we go. Uh, so you finished the book and then uh, ISTD had it away for marking for what seemed like forever. I think it was about a month. 
something like that. Anyway, uh, I got the results back through email and read it, reading through all the results. It's kind of funny, I haven't told you this, but uh, reading through all the, because uh, the, the, um, they give you feedback on the book and it's like first co- uh, comment, like good, second comment, good. So it's like, this is all right, this is cool, but where's the, how am I going to improve from what, how does, how do I make this better? This is annoying. It's all just good. I mean, I know that's good, yeah. but at the same time, I, you know, how do I improve? And uh, got to the where it gives you this uh, specific grade, is um, commendation, and I had no idea what commendation with. And I was with the guy that you know helped me decide the the path of where the book went, and he um he was like, it must be like a you know just a like just an average pass like something like that like, surely, and then a friend of mine at uni uh, he. he was, he was kind of celebrating on Facebook about the grade he got the same one as me. And I was like, what is, what is a commendation? What, what is a commendation? I don't know what's going on. Is it just a pass? Have I, have I passed? It was good feedback. And he's like, Sam, it's the hardest, the highest grade you can get that is ridiculously rare to get. <laughs> and, the, and, and what made it even more crazy is that uh, the, the, the uh, lecturer, Mike Harkins, who um, runs the, um, the project at uni, he used to teach, well, he used to, um, uh, what do you call it? He used to go through all the work. He used to... How, how review critique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to review it and grade it. And yeah. stuff. And he said to, to get a commendation is like trying to find a speck of gold in, in a mountain of sand. So to hear that from And you were like, so this is good? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i still got to do more work. Um but yeah, I didn't even really, because we got the grades before we'd finished uni, I didn't really have the chance to celebrate and stuff. So that's kind of odd. So yeah, and then, yeah. So you get a that. commendation and then, because I always think this at uni work. You Went spent to Pentagram to get the award as well. That was cool. Boom. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you obviously heard of, you would have heard of Pentagram, wouldn't nope. you? It's an architect. They've got an architect side to it, I'm pretty sure. I would say my knowledge of architecture probably isn't the most rounded oh okay yeah this is this is my attempt to learn more (laughs) yeah well it's a big it's a big uh they've they've a big design practice um and one of their studios that's in london they've got another one in new york and somewhere else i think maybe um but the yeah the one in london's in notting hill and it's a really 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 nice studio it's a big big practice and they do some phenomenal work and stuff and some really some really well-respected people there. So to go there as, you know, just graduated was um, was pretty cool. It must be awesome to get an award. You're like, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah especially. <laughs> yep, uh, this one's mine. Well, and the and the letters after the name, M-I-S-T-D there. <laughs> <laughs> but member of International Society of Typographic Design, okay. not anything weird. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that there. <laughs> so, yeah. so... Because I was thinking, like, is it uni work as well? Once you've done it, you live it, you breathe it, and then it's that's kind of it. Done, this it? is yeah. done. You never see it again. You yeah. know, it's and no I one cares it, about it. Leave it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, did you go? Okay. Were you like people need to see my book, or were you no. just a bit like someone? Did someone mention Kickstarter? Oh, that sounds cool. Or how did you get into Kickstarter? Well, obviously, uni's done. I don't want to look at the work you've done again, and yeah, you just want to leave it, yeah. and that's it, and you move on, and. That's it. I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and find a job. So it was all guns blazing. That's all I'm doing. I worked, you know, I worked solidly on um, 
um, my self-promotion stuff, like um, I made a fold-out A3 CV like portfolio thing, worked damn hard on that, like business cards and branding for myself and, you know, collating all the projects that I'd done to try and get a job somewhere and put maybe a little bit too much pressure on trying to get into a really, really high-end studio and maybe not lowering my standards a little bit. But, yeah. um but you must, yeah, you but, know, must finish uni. I've just got a commendation. I must be, I must be pretty well, bloody the, good. But the, 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 the modesty of myself still you know, yeah. comes out a little bit and, you know, just wanting to get a job but at the same time and earn money because I don't really want to work in a pub anymore. But, um, and then the, that wasn't really happening because it's such a competitive time as well because mm. obviously there's a lot of people looking for a, a design position and, um, and then obviously you get that kind of, you get a weird shift of, um, you get people fresh out of uni looking for you must get you get it in every industry i suppose where the people uh, like junior designers see it as a good time to to find a position because obviously their portfolio and their experience is better than people at uni so it's also a good time for them to look for jobs and vice versa mm. as you go up um and then um and then after a while if not finding a job my brother mentioned to me about Kickstarter. Not, I didn't have a clue about Kickstarter. I didn't even know what it was until sort of reading into it. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really understand it until I was kind of in and on the... Um, what did I? Yeah, I, I, I guess I must have. I didn't really remember. Um, not what I was doing, obviously. But, um, yeah, he mentioned it to me. Where I had a look around and... Uh, looking at other projects, like researching, seeing how we could do it. Um, so can I ask, going on your Kickstarter thing today, having seen a few Kickstarters now... Did you look at both of them? Or just Which one did you look I at? I need it to the one for this. This is Because okay. you've got a Kickstarter currently open right now, haven't you? No, no. No, this one's all done and dusted. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, yeah, you smashed your pledge, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the, I was wondering, do, do they give you a website builder? They're like, this is the, the Kickstarter template. This is what each bit should go in. Well, it's different to it's different now to when it's finished and when it's live. So when it's live, your campaign will come up immediately. But when it's done, the updates come mm, up immediately. Yeah. So it's the big picture and you can add buttons now, which is really good. Because before... When the first one ended, uh, my brother's like, well, me and my brother watching it ending. We're like, oh, yeah, when it's ended to the like the, the story bit of yeah, explaining the project. When it's done, we'll add in a little bit for a button to, so then people can click to go straight to the website. Yeah. The project finishes and you can no longer edit anything. And we were like, no, we oh. can't add anything to explain the way you can now get this book. So, But um, obviously... You know, Google's a good thing, so that helped. But um, but now it's obviously the campaign side is secondary when it's finished. So what you see is the updates kind of timeline of how the project went and you see all the, the updates coming through. So for people who've never done a Kickstarter then, do you literally just go, right, down... Are we just this assuming is... that everyone knows what Kickstarter is? Like, we haven't really explained that. No, why don't you explain what Kickstarter is? Well, I suppose they've seen the, they, they would have listened to the other podcast, I think we should explain. Right? It's crowdfunding I, yeah. I think it's the easiest way to explain it isn't yeah. it yeah I don't know I, and I, that one of the one of the uh, Alistair Parvin the uh, wiki house one was great because he was Listen saying you know about six times <laughs> maybe more actually because he wants uh, I love the idea when he says you know instead of a, one person with a million pounds a million people with one pound mm -hmm. and I love the idea of that and yep. I'm still trying to get my head around because I, I think there's um, is he just 
a very subtle shift in how you have to avoid having to go to a bank, don't yeah. you? Like the bit, the probably one thing that that controls the way anyone thinks about starting a project is going to the bank. Yeah. It's probably an incredibly daunting thing trying to start a project, going to the bank, and then being like, I don't really get it. And it's like some uncreative guy yeah. you're trying to explain it to, and they're just like, what, what? And then you, you, you're disheartened that that project never exists. But yet, with Kickstarter, it's like any, anything is possible. I'd never even thought of that. So you, I was, don't, you don't have to go and see the big band, do you? Who was, uh, I was listening to Scroobius Pit one, and he was saying, I can't, I can't remember the name of the band, but as a joke... They did a, a they they put a Kickstarter for like a hundred thousand pounds to to remix their album just using cat noises. Just <laughs> as a, did they do it? Yeah, and it, and it, it smashed the amount of money they had to make, and then they so they had really? to do it, but they gave all the money like to charity. Imagine going to the bank with that. Oh, you just, I just want to remix my album with cat noises. No, go with me on this. Yeah. <laughs> or on Dragon Stem. Can you imagine that? Peter and like, oh, God, they'd have a fit. Yeah, but let me they? play the CD. This is track seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the pitch. I want forty-five thousand, well, hundred thousand pounds with a two percent share, and that's the other great thing is that you don't give any um, shares away of your company. It's just you're you're basically putting in. Well, you're asking for people to pre-order your product. I don't really know how it potentially works with things like the Thames bath, but um, uh, it, let's baths. say that um, the baths, the baths, depending yeah. away from the bath. Yeah. Uh, what happens if, uh, you know, when they get oversubscribed, say um, yours is on national news or worldwide news for some reason, and suddenly a million people said, yeah, I'll put in, I'll get one of your books. You'd be like, I've got for a minute. You'd be like, oh, what, how do you do that? Like, what, you're like, oh, I can't do a million. <laughs> can you, you can't cap it, can you? Can you cap it? You know, only a thousand books available, or is there just. You can't. Well. I don't know. I, I've never really thought of the idea of capping it. But you, I, I guess when you get to a certain level of money, then you can start to... I mean, if, you know, it's hypothetical, but if the book did get to not a million pounds, but a million people buying yeah. it, that's obviously, you know, that's probably like 20 million, maybe something like that. So then you start to probably, you start to think way, way bigger picture stuff when yeah. it's finished. So you probably... It would probably best to go to a publisher. Look, I've got this chunk of money, and you can probably well, you probably pay them a little bit to fulfil mm. the audit, and then you give them the content, and they just feed it all and sit back with a couple of million, go on a buy. Yeah, woohoo! But then, but then you know there is other ways that you could control it yourself. So there is there are companies where you could go to them, go to certain printing companies where they have fulfilment services in house. So, I mean, Christ, I don't know how long it would take to print. A million, a million books and fulfill that. Surely it would take a couple of months to do that. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to go into the logistics of it, but I imagine it'd be quite complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, because I've heard, you know, the one, the Kickstarter campaigns that you hear about predominantly are the ones that either smash their target, mm -hmm. like ridiculously. So you only ever really read, read about the, the 0.5%. And that's amazing yeah. as well, isn't it? What I think, like, you know, in the news, you only ever hear, hear about the bad things. But Kickstarter and all mm. those kind of things, you only really ever hear about the successful things. Yeah. And what a great thing. Like, what a great, in, almost like industry or platform when you own, like, I mean, all right, cons uh, you know, heart goes out to the people that haven't and yeah. have great projects. And I do, I have heard of, you know, a, a couple of people that I've worked with have 
the first one wasn't successful, but the second one was. But at the same time, like like you say, and most people said a broad thing, you only really hear about the su- successful things. You've not really made me think about the idea of going to a bank manager and them just saying no. Do you know what I think is quite nice? Disheartening if you don't win your Kickstarter, you know, you don't get yeah. your minimum well, amount. Well, that's the bank manager bit. Yeah, it? but I like the idea that you've got 90% of the way there. You know, like, as opposed to someone just going no and you have no idea if they thought it was kind of good. That, yeah, but at least you can it? be like, do you know what? I was pretty close, actually. When yeah. do you ever have any sort of creative feedback which is quantifiable? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you were 60% of the way yeah. there. You're like... You got to right. the, the the variables are different. So you you bank manager, there's one. Or right, you can go to different banks, but let's yeah. just say one. There's one bank manager that you can ask to whether they give you the money. But like you say, one with a lot, and you know yeah. that it's um yes, yeah, a different variable. So you've got more chance of succeeding depending on how much you believe and love your project and know that it's it's viable in the real world. But also, you know. It's a good way to it's a good way to do a market research, yeah. uh, uncostly uh, value to yourself and not lose any money. I was going to say, did you get much feedback on it? Were they like, be good if it was be good if it was quarter the quarter the length, bit long, isn't it? <laughs> like, did you get like feedback like that? It, it was on Reddit and it was on the first page of Reddit for a little while. And I've printed out all the comments and you go through them and some of them are like, oh, it's just some guy with a trendy book, like no, whatever. and it's like, oh, you haven't even read it. It's not even, oh, missed the point. But then you know, and I've I've had some gruesome emails of people that think that it's a company, but it's just little old me sat yeah. at the end reading this email that's ranting on about you know how I should be giving this out for free and and that um that I'm taking advantage of of dyslexia in itself and god knows what else but same like they're, they're, did you respond to any of no 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 obviously not like mm. I don't I, I a I didn't want to and b if I did it would get me in all sorts of trouble wouldn't it and then eventually start to think well I probably shouldn't have said that but um it, at the same time, the bad feedback is actually quite interesting. And when you read it in terms of, and you kind of read between the lines of what they're saying, it actually helps. And I did go through all of the, the whole feed of Reddit, which is quite, it's a, I think it's about 25 pages long of all these different comments of people getting arsy. And uh, see, like, I can, it was funny going through it because I could tell who were friends sticking up for me as well, which is quite nice. Your whole team of moderators. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's actually but, um, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not an idiot. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, that must have been a bit... That must have been a... It, it's the first time reading it. A bit shaky it, for like, your ego. Oh, yeah, they love it. Oh, they hate it. Yeah. Oh. But oh, then, but that, it's, uh, as a graphic designer, you know, as an architect, we've talked about this, but I do like the criticism. I do like the the, you know... If everyone liked it, how could I improve it? Mm. And I don't. I like to li- read between the lines of what people are saying, even if they are just saying, "Oh, it's just a trendy book." Do you know what I mean? Like, how can I? How can I show these people that it's not just a, like some trendy, cool book? There is a purpose to it. There is a mm. reason why I've done it. There is thought behind every single step of the way, and that is something that you know started to think about with potentially maybe the second one or things that I do in the future with it. And it's. You know, you learn from those things, I think, more so than you do the good one because mm. the good stuff just boosts your ego, don't you? And it's stuff that you, your family or your mates always say, that you, they, they will always say because it's it's not easy for them to say, ooh, that's yeah. not very good, is it? This is awkward, it's uh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but people that don't know you, they've got no... You know, and it's, um, 
it's 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 a great way to improve and i think the less personal you take those things the more you can take something from it i think i th- i i just i find I always think of like people at uni because I know a lot of people at uni listen to this and then going out into the real world uh, where you have to make money for everything. It just, it just, to me, it's like, um, it's the absolute best yeah, way. My money compared to what I deal with compared to what you deal with is, yeah. I don't go anywhere near the money I have to deal with though. That's the, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's the whole cycle of a process I think is amazing. That's why I think I'm so fascinated with Kickstarter is that you had an idea for a book. Normally you'd have to pitch a load of random people, but you just, went out on your own, did it exactly how you wanted it to. That's what I really like about Kickstarters. For all the, you know, idiosyncrasies, uh, uh, that's the character I always think, you know, this is your book. It's not like... Uh, yeah, then you are fighting against your own, your, your, your own mind, whether this is right or wrong and, yeah. uh, oh, when is it finished? And when is something ever finished that you do yourself? Yeah. When is it finished? That's why I refuse to edit these podcasts because I, I know that I would never stop editing them. I, I, I'd be too... Unco- I, like, this is like, in real time, this is edited yeah. by us, by talking. What do you think about the third one? Yeah, I was about to ask you. So are you already... Is this going to be a continuation of this, the theme, or are you no, going to... I, I No, that one's done. The, the book's kind of done. I was thinking about how I could potentially... Uh, what I would do differently if it was going to be published by a publisher. And I'm thinking about that at the minute. That's interesting. Why Why would you do it differently if it was by a publisher? What, as in for more mass market appeal? Type thing? More stripped back. So I guess I haven't explained this, but so there's a sh- the short story that runs throughout the book mm. each time. And that short story, the language and the type and the t- well, typography and the layout and, um, yeah, and type. Type and typography being yeah. two separate things. This is this um, is the repeated short sto- story story that goes throughout. I was thinking that uh, that 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 book there could potentially be more of a hardback, like special edition book, and the and the softbound like book like that would could be much smaller, and just the short story run throughout and much thinner. So it's more stripped back to its actual meaning and purpose. Um, have you have you been approached by schools or anything to do it as like a, a genuinely like more like infographic educational thing? Because it I've done, I've been to one or two schools to give like uh, to talk to the dyslexic children there and given a few talks and stuff. One at um, um the Oasis I don't know if it's Oasis Academy or group or something. It's a lot to do. It helps. Um, with educa- the education hmm, process yeah. and people that struggle with, have you heard of it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know its full title, but um, they asked me to give a, a short speech at, um, at their like awards ceremony, which was quite cool. That was in front of like six hundred people, and the first time I've ever really done anything that big, and that was kind of like that was in front anxiety, of anxiety yeah, for God knows how long. Getting like going through the speech, God knows how many times. You had to do a speech in front of six hundred people. Mm-hmm. Five minutes speech. Holy crap! Yeah, and then I uh, I gave a talk um, with it's nice. Um, it's nice that versus Kickstarter as well. Um, they did like a um, a night where it was me and two other people were talking about their Kickstarter projects and stuff. That one I was most nervous for. There's a video for it out there, and it was on my the readings website, but it's not on there anymore because I've just got the one video. But you can find it. And I'd, at the beginning, I'm really, really shaking. Uh, really hello, <laughs> I just talk really, really fast. And when I look back, I'm like, oh, God. But then some, like I gave a, a talk at um, 
Ravensbourne University, and that was. There's a very weird noise above it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. Um, yeah, it gave a talk at Ravensbourne University, and that, and that was you know, two year groups worth, and never bothered me once. But that was that was really good. I like I like speaking. It's good. I like talking about the book in front of people it's good practice because <laughs> it is an intimidating thing but at the same time it's exhilarating afterwards like yeah. you've done it and it's yeah it's nice but on the way like it's the the it's nice that one I had really bad anxiety for like two weeks before it really killed me like the butterflies in my stomach every time I yeah. thought about it and yeah. but I think I think as well that uh, I think most people hate the idea of presenting Mm-hmm. But I think most people don't mind presenting if it's it's about you're the subject matter. So like, yeah. you, it's not like you can forget anything. Like you may forget the odd word, but like you're right. It's not like anyone in the crowd can go. That's not what happened. Yeah, you're like, yeah, no, no, yeah. this this is me. It's my story. I can't mess this one up. And yeah, I think I guess it's the, the this the the kind of the scary bit of messing up, like the pants down moment, yeah. kind of thing. But you know, no no one no one in that crowd wants that to happen to you. So. Because it's all, I have the same thing with this podcast. Every single time I do it, I'm like, what if this is terrible? Like, what what if the conversation <laughs> just goes really badly wrong? And then you do it and you're like, and I love doing it every single time. But it's always like that afternoon, I'm like constantly thinking about it. Okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But then it's just, I don't know. I think talking is 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 fun if if you're enjoying the subject yeah, matter. Yeah, like yeah. if at work you have to do a subject on something you know nothing about and you're desperately trying yeah, to fudge up. your way through it. And, and people will see it as well. People will yeah. see it. Of course they will. But, um, and I don't, I don't know about you. I guess you probably were at, at, at uni. But we, from the word go at uni, the three years was that we were. Uh, I was forced to talk in front of you. And the first time you do it in your f- first year, oh my god, talking about your work and you kind of know that you've winged it last yeah. night and it's trying <laughs> yeah. to talk about it. And the lecturers are looking at you, thinking, "What have you done?" And yeah. you're trying to explain, it and they question you on it, and you've got no answer. But actually, having those moments at uni in that safe environment was so good, so valuable. Of like, sh- like kind of strip back, like really criticizing your work in front of people, but you have you trying to answer it, and you can't. And sometimes you can't answer it, and it's like I don't know. But then you kind of then you you make sure that next time that yeah. that is never going to happen. So did you did you have any uh, really ridiculous? Things in the very first week of your first year of uni, where they obviously just try and break away the like embarrassment threshold. Like, did you have to do anything stupid? Like, in it, because we had to do as an example for architecture to try and make us think about you know the beauty of fire. It was we had to do this. Sounds so bad. An interpretive dance in front of the whole school. No, at uni, yeah, in a group of six people in the first week of first year at Nottingham Uni. I'm going to name and shame you for making me do this. Yeah, everyone, like, there's 250 people. It's one of the largest architecture years intake and in front of all oh of the, yeah. God. And you had to dance to pretending to be not the, the Not the dance is a bad thing, but, like, if you're not, if that's it is not if you, your thing. You're hungover and you don't want to do it. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, well, and you're a little bit overweight wearing baggy trousers <laughs> and a really bad shirt with a bald head. <laughs> yeah, so you just have a few drinks before you go and absolutely kill it, wouldn't you? No, never kill it. No, if you were, if you were drunk, you'd, you'd think you were killing it. Mm. And everyone yeah. would I get a good kick out of it. And they filmed it as well. And they played yeah, no. it. No. so bad. Wow. No, it was not that bad. Even but if the, I could think of a story. I think it's supposed to help you, but it just really put me off ever doing interpretive dance again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you doing your degree in architecture? Or... I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Am I on the wrong course, Ben? You're not supposed to be here. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, I should I should probably point out that one, uh, we're already at the hour mark. Get out. Yeah, it goes super quickly. I knew this happened. Two, I'm gonna I, I still so I still we'll want to ask you home. Yeah, I'm gonna wind you up about that in a minute. Um, but I I feel that if if you're listening to this and you've heard us fidgeting or shivering in oh, any yeah. way, uh, we're in the make recording studio. And uh, the radiator is on, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like it's getting colder. Yeah. And it is so cold outside. And we <laughs> this room is freezing. Yeah. And we've had like a storage heater <laughs> on. This. I just, because I've been watching you talk and I just, every now and again, I see your hands go into your legs as you're yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. absolutely freezing. But hey, am I going blue? No, I'm all right. <laughs> Still alive. <laughs> oh, I better put my clothes back on then. Yeah. Um, so, so we're going to go back to Kickstart. I keep holding up my book. I feel like I'm doing my best, like Jonathan Ross impression. Like, yeah, just, it does. Uh, I do feel sell like sell this book. Sell this book. <laughs> my next, uh, next, next talk. Well, interview is it within Jonathan? No, no. So, to, to beat, uh, so I want to go back. So, with your with your Kickstarter thing, uh, your Kickstarter thing with your Kickstarter book, mm-hmm. your next book, will you do a Kickstarter again? No, 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 no. Why ever not? You seem to be pretty good at it. Huffington Post, two successful Kickstarter campaigns. Well, whatever. it's why <laughs> it's kind of like it's almost. Uh, it, that book, not with that book. No, no, but no. I mean with a, with another idea. Oh, with another, another, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. would, because you just said you'd go to another publisher. You'd go to a publisher, sorry. With that now, yeah. yeah. Oh, with this now, right, yeah. got it, yeah. So yeah. so your current book, you would, you know, you want to go to get like a, that'd be amazing to get a distribution deal, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly, because it's kind of, this second book, as much as it's been a massive learning curve, it's been the hardest. Because not only, like, going from uh, freelance, where I have so much time to do, you have all the time in the world to concentrate other than, you know, the projects that you have mm. at that time, the personal projects with different companies and stuff. But uh, halfway through the Kickstarter campaign, I think it was halfway through? No, I was here the whole Kickstarter campaign. Um, and that is tough because all you want to do is sit there on your email, just ty- like typing out um, you know, to different companies and, and trying to get as much media as you possibly can. Um, so that was tough. Um, but yeah, just not again with that book. It's it's done and dusted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I d- and I'd like to, you know, get it to a publisher and then um, deal with it. I, if anyone would take it, that is. I mean, Have you taken it? Like, I'm genuinely curious. It, obviously, we people... got an offer on the first one, but yeah? it just didn't happen. We went to Amsterdam, a publisher in Amsterdam. Um, me and my brother went and, um, yeah, just at the time, I, th- I don't really know why we didn't do it. Um, plus, I'd also like to mention that every book sold, you get 1% of every book. What on Kickstarter? With with certain oh, publishers, right, you right. get you get one percent of every book sold. Is that good? Is one percent good? Well, if you sell fifty thousand copies, yeah. But if you sell ten, then mm. that's what. Maybe if it's if it's ten quid, yeah, it's a penny a book, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> some I mean, people, it's like tw- I've heard some like researching kind of books that have publishers, and they get. You know, every month or every six months or so, they get money through, and it's like six pound seventy-three. I was having a um, one of the nice things about doing a book mm-hmm. and having something physical mm-hmm. is that uh, I was having a conversation with someone about architecture, uh, someone who wasn't an architect, and they were like, "It must be so nice doing a project and that being there forever type thing." You know, or, until it gets knocked down, obviously. But it must be great, you know, having a book that you've done. You know, like, and then the next one comes along. Is it? Do you think, oh, you know, I want to add to that? There's always an itch to create something more or... Yeah, well, it's like that 
the personal project thing yeah. isn't it? that it's your like baby isn't it and it's kind of it's kind of what i like from plumbing to graphic design there is there are certain values in that for a long 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 time people will be uh getting a glass a glass of water or having a bath or a shower from stuff that i've fitted in someone's house yeah and those people will have no idea that it's me they may even be listening to this listen have no idea and i have no idea there but that's quite a nice feeling that 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 you've done something in the world if you know what i mean you've yeah. given something to someone and that's quite and helped people in a way and that's really quite nice and it, it, you know and the great side is the messages coming back of of not like of not the oh yeah it's a really nicely designed book it, the, the the story of it coming back like this has really helped me like i can now understand what my kid is going through what my son is going through like he's been struggling through school and, and stuff and i had tear jerking emails on the first and the second um uh kickstarter project of you know uh, parents like breaking down just in an email or when they've watched the video start crying because they know that all of a sudden they can potentially get an understanding of what yeah. their child's going through at school and like suffering because of dyslexia and absolutely hating it when for some reason that we have this perception that in the way that education is in the world most parts of the world that it's a bad thing but actually it's not and for, and for some reason it is predominantly a bad thing. Mm. It's just the way you look at it. But seeing having those messages come through of like helping people, you can't you can't beat that feeling. That to that that feeling of having that come through, rather than the money, that that outweighs it for me. Like getting those, and you know the hard times of the of of trying to sort the book, it makes it all worth it. And I'm not just saying it because it's you know you know everyone everyone does say that, but it it is true. Like mm. that is why it is worth it. Um, and that's kind of why. I guess doing the personal projects is is worthwhile because if it is something of value and it is it does help people, then then yeah. I mean, like you imagine the, the guys that did the Thames baths, you know, strolling down like walking along the Thames. They'll never walk down that way the same again when it's built yeah. because they'll see people swimming in them. But like, I did that, and that's what an amazing feeling that you've produced baths and like it's helped people like. To to go swimming in London at a cheap rate or whatever. And it's... I think what I because th- one thing I wanted to talk about was at the end of the book, but I'll get that in a second. But it's so nice for you to do something so personal to you, something mm-hmm. that you genuinely did struggle with, yeah. and you've it's totally yours. And then to have that feedback, it's not like you've yeah. done it for someone else and they've oh, done yeah. a book. It's yeah. like it's genuinely yours because there's a really nice thing. It's a funny story about school actually. Yeah. It is quite funny, but at the same time, I guess if you could read into it, it's quite horrible. But it was horrible at the time. My uh, headmaster at school. Um, that I wouldn't say is um, he dragged me into his uh, his office. And bearing in mind, I was in year three. So how old are you when you're in year three? I don't know. I can't work it out. Year three. What secondary school? Uh, no, that's it. Be so primary, primary school. school. Yeah. God, I don't know. Like three or four. Uh, it was year three or four. So you must. Uh, you'd be like nine, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Dragged into his um, into the headmaster's office after school. Um, and this, uh, sat at his desk, and he's, uh, he said to me, um, "So you need to, you need to, uh, what's going on with you at school? You, know, you need to start working harder." I was like, "Okay, yep, sorry." Think absolutely bricking it, thinking, "Oh my god, what is going on? Am I get chucked out of school? Am I in trouble?" Whatever. 
He's saying to me, if I don't buck my ideas up, I'll become a dustbin man and my career will be down a pan. I need to start working harder and give me this whole spiel about me needing the, basically that I'm thick. And, um, and he told me when I leave the office, that I have to put my best foot forward. Obviously, me not understanding that phrase, I was trying to work out. I knew it was my right foot. I didn't know which one was my right foot. Trying to keep <laughs> that one in front while I was walking along <laughs> to meet my mum. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you walking like a moron? And he's like, oh, he just told me to keep my best foot forward. I've got to start working out. I can't, well, I need to go. In. He's like, right, grab me, dragged me into his office. And I thought, oh, my God, what have I done wrong now? I had a grilling from him. My mum's gone mental. And now, like, oh, God. And um, and then, yeah, and then about, and then a couple of weeks later, I was in a different school um, where where actually my parents began their fight for for a really good education available to me. Well, that's because well, one of the things I want to talk about was uh, when I was flicking through this, it got such a nice passage at the back. I guess it's from your mum wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. really nice. Like you know, obviously it's uh, oh, the, the, uh, it's yeah. nice because it's essentially the struggle that well, I guess you had, but she had trying to get you the right education, you know, yeah. and not generally understanding dyslexia in schools, but then. Yeah. To be in this book, which is essentially a success story, it's a really yeah. nice full circle, isn't it? But it's really nice that your mum's so open and honest, you know, and, and what it is like to have a child with dyslexia in a school that, that doesn't understand it. I mean, that's yeah. like just frustrating as hell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Massive, because it's not, I don't really, my perception of my dyslexia when I was at school did, doesn't really exist uh, because I didn't. I didn't want to acknowledge that I had that struggle. I didn't want to acknowledge that I'd be taken away from all my classmates and be put into a different different thing. And I just wanted to get on with it and, you know, be in the same classes that everyone else was. So it was almost almost trying to find a skill in which I could ignore it, if you know what I mean, or trying to get a, like, a skill in trying to curve around it. Yeah, yeah. And for my parents, it's a completely different story because they obviously see when I got frustrated and they know when something's frustrated me at school because I haven't been able to do it or someone said something in the wrong light and I've taken it as that I can't do it. And I've always kind of had this um, perception of, you know, in school you have to do every subject. But when you're older, you know, I don't have to do any subject that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. it, what, what baffles me is that, Obviously, you have to learn all those things at school because they're important. But why would I do something I'm not good at? Why? I'm with you on that one, yeah. Why? What's the point? Like, I wouldn't if you... I'd like to think I'm a good cook, but at the same time, <clears> there's people aren't out there that are not good at cooking, so they won't do it. There's people that are not good at rugby or football. They won't do it. Why would yeah. they go and kick a ball around? It's not fun to them. <laughs> it doesn't. They don't get any kick out of it. They don't enjoy it. They're not very good at it, so you don't do it. So why are these certain things so important for you to... To study for six years, six or seven years of your life, maybe well, it's more than that, isn't it? Of your life, like trawling through it, trying to, and it's like, it's yeah, it's just interesting for, to me the way that education is kind of run like that. I mean, if I'm not saying that any one subject isn't important because now I think about it, I would love to go back through science, love to yeah, go back through yeah. maths, love to go back through English, and and even though you know it's quite surface level, but especially science god that at school at secondary school i would love to go back through all that with yeah. all the different chemistry set like stuff and no i love it i mean i i because I, I when i was reading that i was like 
not that I had you know the same struggle, but I just didn't enjoy secondary school. And, and like, I and I was like, why? Yeah, it's, sciences hate science, hate maths, don't want to do it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but it's planting a seed. No, it's just making me never want to do those subjects again. And now, yeah. now I'm like you. I'm like, oh, do you know, I'd love to learn about history now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I honestly cannot remember any history lessons from secondary school. It's no, like my mind yeah. is just blanked yeah. out. Like two hours a week yeah. for like a good five years or however long it is. Yeah. And, I, and it's fun, isn't it? I, can, I can't remember any lessons standing out as like, oh, wow. Yeah, um, but, but that's probably the one thing that outside of work that I probably do research, like, like history and space yeah. and... God knows, did you see the space... Well, I'm completely off topic. Did you see the, the uh, SpaceX rocket, the other one? Yeah, down the, one, and landing, the landing uh, one, yeah. And it well, did this, on this weekend, they set off another one with a shuttle on it and it came down. And the, you know, the support, the four support legs, it yeah. landed on the pod in, in the water. But one of the legs, um, it actually physically landed because, you know, the first one that they did on the pod in the water, it collapsed and blew up. This one landed and the... Um, one of the supporting legs collapsed and it fell over and blew up. Such a shame. But obviously them knowing that they can do it now yeah. because it did actually land. It like full on landed and it was good. But see the leg collapsed and it dropped over and blew up. Elon Musk, man, he's We're both fascinated by Elon Musk and we seem to have incredibly similar tastes and stuff and like and also hating secondary school just <laughs> genuinely hating school and then just it's almost like the harder you push someone down the, the weirder their creative things yeah, pop yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Right, screw you, I'm going to do something that has no exams in. That was my... But what a guy though. Just, <laughs> Jesus. The, the... Wait, 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 there's a really good quote at the end that you pointed out to me today which I always think like uh, that one. Yep. That's, that's your quote, isn't it? Uh, yeah, one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's the very people who no one imagines anything of do the things no one can imagine. Because that, like the Elon Musk one, he's constantly told, "No, that's not how you do things." He's like, "Here it is. I'm going to yeah. do it like this." Well, like, I, it's um, I first heard it from the the film, um, not the Theory of Everything, um, oh, what is it? the Imitation Game. Oh yeah, with. Oh, my word. I should really remember his name. This is one of my favourite games on this podcast, is that they all remember... You will remember that name 100 times, 99 times 100, but I put a microphone in front of your mouth and I know that people can't remember stuff. What is his name? Do you know it? Do you know it? I'm not even entering this game on this podcast. There'll be... I I won't know. And (laughs) As soon as this goes off, I'll know it. I know. (laughs) Why don't I know it? You have no idea how many people do this on the podcast. I can't believe I've forgotten his name. I literally work with him. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, it's the, I, I, I had the quote from that film. But I like the quotes in here because they... Uh, this is why I like the book. It, just, it all ties in. It's nice. It's, it feels like a... You know I'm going to be thinking about that name for a while now, don't you? Yeah, you can text me later. <laughs> and then I'll just really crudely beep it in. Boop. And then I'll put the name in and then delete it out again. Oh, God. I'm not going to let you in the podcast. I'm <laughs> not remembering this person's name. <laughs> I'm not going to remember it. Oh, that's nope. really bad. It's gone, isn't it? It's totally gone. I can see his face and everything. I'm really tempted just to look on my phone. Don't look on your phone. I want to watch you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> Think only people listen to the podcast. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming his name. And I will, oh no, I'm not going to listen. That's an annoying thing because I've got one less of your podcast to listen to now. Well, there you go. Yep. You will listen to this one, though. No, I won't. Yeah, it'll be awkward, and you won't want to listen to it, but you'll listen to it. I won't. Do you know, I say, I can't listen to my podcast again, either. 
Can you not? Have no. you ever listened to them? No, I listen to them like when I'm editing them. and put, Well, you know, when I'm putting the beginning and end on. I used you to listen just, to the whole thing? Yeah, well, I had to put the images on Acast. Oh, of course. Yeah, but yeah. then this series, this season, I've, I've decided not to do it because I realised that no one listens to them through Acast. I mean, they do, but... You know, you're saying up market research and hearing back what people say about the thing. I can see that so many people, 95% of people listen through iTunes, which streams it from Acast. Okay. So they don't get the images. Yeah. And then I realised myself nice that plug. The, yeah, the Scroobius Pip one, which has images in, and I always say, oh, the Scroobius Pip one does. Yeah. Um, don't don't ever look at the images. Because for me, I don't know how you listen to podcasts, but you'll be doing oh, something iTunes. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You, uh, like, yeah. On your tube, on your bike, on your run, doing work. You're not going to... You know, maybe now someone will go on the imitation game, find out which actor you just can't remember, and then I don't know, like post it on your Twitter or social media, or just. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying because I do know, and it... I reckon we should just like be completely silent now. And <laughs> I just want to look at my phone, but you're not going to let me. Um... Siri, name of imitation game. Can I do it? You can Siri do it. Go on, go on. Hey Siri. What's the name of the guy in the imitation game? Okay, give me a moment. Uh. My web search turns something up for what's the name of the guy in the imitation game. <laughs> God damn it, Siri. Alan Turing. Uh. God. <laughs> Why? How could you forget that person's name? No, because he's a really important guy, isn't he? He says some, well, reason why, well, a big reason why World War II. Is that your phone? Sorry, yeah, that is my phone. How dare you? Uh, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I love that we've got a Google word search on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be people going, they're still talking. Is there any, any other things they want to search on Google in, on, on the podcast? Switched off by now. This is rubbish. Because I, I, I genuinely feel that uh, you and I could talk for hours, actually. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Okay. But... I do, I do think that, you know, maybe we should just... I, I think we should just, like... I don't know if Every, I didn't feel like we've covered it all. Have no. we covered it all? The book stuff that you wanted to ask me, Kickstarter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think cool. we've done pretty good, actually. Oh, okay, good. So I always want to leave these podcasts with someone knowing why to do a podcast, why to do a Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I like, I always think if I want to do a Kickstarter campaign, yep. part of these podcasts are always based around me wanting to do what the other person does. Yeah. So I love the idea of, you've said not going to a bank manager. Yeah. I love that idea. I love the idea that you can have your own fairly random idea and you have to run with it. There's so many people who are going, oh, do you know, I had this idea, but it's, it's not, I can, and they, ha they come up with a load of reasons. And then if you actually gave Income them- voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that what your internal monologue is? That, yeah, yeah. yeah just <laughs> an angry campus. <laughs> at me. Uh, but I, I just, I think that you, you make me want to do a Kickstarter campaign. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do a book because this is really good. But you know, then it just makes you think of how many different things you could. Well, I think that, like I said to you before, I think uh, I wouldn't beat yourself up about. Uh, Okay, right, let's do a Kickstarter campaign because you've got Oh, yeah, to find... you told me that's the wrong attitude yeah, to have, isn't it? Yeah, reverse it a little bit and wait. Well, not wait, but, you know, continue to, like, study stuff and, you know, explore stuff and making things, but not with the intention of, okay, this is going to... This is... Uh, I'm going to make this thing to go on Kickstarter because, you know... Well, you know, some people probably have done it and it's been really successful, but I almost think that it may 
bring up barriers or are there rules so, that you have to have a product to sell like i couldn't go i think there's certain can i have fifty thousand pounds to take a year off work to do a podcast <laughs> to, to go around the world and do a podcast i mean you can't you I have to have why a, not i, I, I think because you can't i think there's you can't you can't you can, char, your your project can't be based around charity i think it's one of them mm. so it can't be solely about around money uh, raising money for charity basically um i think there's there's a few other rules but i can't remember them there's only the very very few rules but yeah you can do that some guy raised money for for um for mashed potato or something funny like that <laughs> absolutely something ridiculous like that a bowl oh. of like mashed potato or something i can't remember what it was it was so ridiculous there's always someone who tries to test the system, isn't there? <laughs> but you see what it wasn't. It wasn't Kickstarter. But did you see what um, Cards Against Humanity did in tw- two different separate campaigns? Not not Kickstarter, but two different sets of times. Once they did something where they uh, they advertised to sell. I don't know if it's actual shit or not, but um, <laughs> they sold so, and made a load of money from it. A shitload of money for it, um, and then this Christmas, they—I think it was this Christmas. Oh no, it's Black Friday. It was um, uh, to pay for five pounds for absolutely nothing, and they made seventy-five thousand dollars from it, and they sold nothing. They weren't giving anyone anything. They were just basically asking for money for free. But it's obviously, <laughs> they're, 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 the, I guess the point is that their, their brand and their yeah. brand model is. Um, because Cards Against Humanity, it, it's, it's amazing massive. the first time you play it and then it gets really old really quickly. But the first time you play it with a group of people, it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. if there's some slightly prudish person who is a little uncomfortable yeah. with rude things. <laughs> then <laughs> yeah. Definitely makes a Because I've never, you know, you know, never had like Jeremy Beadle as a trump card you know like there's certain things that you can uh, yeah. <laughs> you have certain conversations exactly that makes you do that then like never whoa yeah. can I put those three things together yeah. <laughs> I win <laughs> if you've not played cards against humanity I, I highly recommend playing it with your parents yeah yeah, yeah. or your grandma yeah, yeah 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 grandma and the easily offended like listening to the Chris Wiles podcast yeah Chris Wiles podcast and um Jamie Oliver was on it and he was saying about uh, things you can do at Christmas and he he uh, re-engineers his like crackers and stuff all like for, for the family and stuff and his grand's there and everyone's there and for once for his grand he took out everything and put um, and bought a packet of um, a Viagra but switched the Viagra out for um, for Skittles I think he just got the box <laughs> and put Skittles in it and, and his grand opened it and was like Oh, 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 oh. I got like started to get quite excited about it. And he started laughing. It was just like, it's a joke, Gwen. It's, it's, it's Skittles. And she was like, all of a sudden started to look quite disappointed. <laughs> like, it's funny. That's a good podcast. Right. It's funny. And on that note, mm. I do I do genuinely think we should do some sort of more regular podcast where we just, just discover, where we just talk about films and other stuff that we've done. <laughs> what, me not remembering famous people's names, very important people's names. <laughs> well, the, the nice thing is, so there's two different types of people that listen to this podcast. There's the first 20 minutes who listen to, and I try and like condense what Can I want. Can you see to... that then? Can you see how long people listen to it for? Yeah. But only, only what, if, in... what happens if they only, if they put, because sometimes, you know, you don't listen to the full amount, you'll listen... I listen to half, then half later. Or something. Well, Acast, 
uh, the, I, you can't get the stats, only they have the stats. Oh, okay. But they told me, you know, because the, the, that's their business model is they know, you know, how long people listen to it for and oh, whatever. But so they've said, like, you know, like uh, quite a few people, half roughly listen to the first 20 minutes, half an hour, and then the other half you listen, listen all the, the way through, right? Yeah. So, well, so everyone listens to the first half an hour or whatever. But I like the fact that there'll be people listening to this who, if you're listening past the first half an hour, then you'll listen to all the way through. <laughs> just, just talking random rubbish. Yeah, but I went off at a tangent a few times. I know, but that's what the great thing about the podcast. Because what's the one, the Joe Rogan one? That's like three hours. Yeah. 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 You'd, you, you would want to go off in a, a fair few tangents, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But they're really good, though. I really enjoy them. And, you know, some ones that are only half an hour, like the Infinite Monkey Cage, sometimes half an hour. It's like, no, no, he's just got yeah. started. And especially on subjects that they're tackling, it's yeah. like, you want him to keep going and going and going and going. You can listen to that one all day long. Because I, I was trying to explain to my dad, he was like, because uh, he listened to the Wooden Overcoats one I did last week. And he's so bad at just giving me really backhanded insults. He's like, yeah, you don't really talk about anything, do you, Ben? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's an hour and a half long. We talk about loads of stuff. And he's like, yeah, but I think like there's certain people who just want information to given to them one. in the most concise. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Dad, I talk about you at an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> Force him to listen all the way through. Right. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up and say thank you so much for being on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> There we go. That was episode number 15 of the Create More Podcast with Sam Barkley. Uh, that was cool, right? I hope you enjoyed that. That was, um, I listened back to that and I'm chuckling away. Uh, and so something we uh, we touched on, but I'm pretty sure we're going to do is, uh, I think me and Sam, Sam's going to become like my co-presenter. And we're going to do like a, when the end of this series, we're going to do like a, a review set of podcasts uh, where we look, we go back and I think we might do two or three podcasts per episode and or, or four or something do like four or five episodes uh, every two weeks where we kind of go back and discuss them because um when i did the presentation at make uh i i suddenly realized that every single one of the podcasts whilst the podcast is only an hour there were so many big themes that i was really really i really enjoyed talking about um and Sam is one of the few people who has listened to almost all of the podcasts. So um, we talk endlessly at work uh, about the podcasts. Uh, there's just, yeah, so I want to talk about them. So that um, also, uh, you know, I have a imminent child being born. So I was a little aware that maybe I won't have as much free time as I used to. Uh, so this, uh, this might be a nice way to continue the podcast without uh, uh, running me into the ground. So... Yeah, you should uh, you should definitely go on Sam's website and buy his book. There you go. Shameless plug. Uh, but I also realized I spelt his website wrong. Uh, well, it is very, very difficult to spell uh, on purpose. But let me get this properly right. So it's R-E-E-D-E-E-N-G.com. Uh, and you should go there. Like Buy like uh, like 100 copies. Um, uh, yeah, because uh, it'll make him really wealthy. Uh, and then I might get some of the money because I gave you the shout out. So do it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next Kickstarter one, as I said, will be with uh, Peter, who's done the, um, uh, this amazing folding bike, uh, which I think he said he's like in talks with like big bike manufacturers. Um, and what's cool is if I didn't know him, I would say that this is like an amazingly successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, and what's been amazing is to see him 
you know, he gets people at mates to take photos and he's in the make office and he's, you know, moving his bike around. I've kind of seen him with his prototype and just, again, I'm always looking for that bit where uh, you go from not doing an idea to having a really successful idea. I'm constantly trying to work out and talk to people about that bit in between. And to see someone's go really, really well, just like Sam's, uh, to see Peter's kind of go from strength to strength and be and feel like I've seen him do every step of the way uh, is very inspiring. I think people who don't see that don't understand how easy it is to start something. Uh, and the more I see it, the more I want to do more things because the only difference is uh, you just get up and do it. Um, you know, I'm no better than anyone else. Uh, I guess it's just like everyone, just have an idea and go for it. So uh, go on, start a Kickstarter campaign, do it on anything. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, unless it gets really bad and it's really embarrassing for you, uh, then you probably will regret it. Uh, yeah, probably don't do that. Thank you so much for listening and uh, tune in next fortnight. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>